Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Cluster B personality disorders are characterized by dramatic, overly emotional, and unpredictable thoughts and behavior. From Ars Longa Media, this is Cluster B, scientifically informed, expert insights into the four Cluster B personality types, antisocial, borderline, narcissistic, and histrionic personality disorder. Here's today's host, Dr. Todd Grande. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today's question asks if I can talk about narcissistic envy. I have some other questions as well. Is there a difference between grandiose and vulnerable narcissism when it comes to envy? And there's a question that asks if I can talk about the controversial idea that grandiose narcissism is not associated with envy at all. So one of the symptoms for narcissistic personality disorder is having envy or believing that other people envy you. So it's considered an important characteristic of narcissism. Now, envy is actually kind of interesting as a construct when we talk about narcissism, because some people believe that envy is extremely dangerous. For example, envy is one of the seven deadly sins, sometimes thought of as the deadliest. However, other people view it as destructive, but not as destructive as some of the other narcissistic traits, for example, manipulation or arrogance. Now, envy is defined as an unpleasant, often painful emotion characterized by feelings of inferiority, hostility, and resentment produced by an awareness that another person enjoys a desired possession. So we see that envy is sometimes referred to as the only unpleasant sin. Again, it's a negative, painful emotion. So just to be clear as I move forward and talk about envy, I know a lot of times the words Envy and jealousy are used interchangeably, but technically speaking, there is a distinction. Jealousy involves a third party and is caused by fear of losing a possession to that party. A lot of times when we use the word jealousy, we're talking about a romantic partner. So somebody is part of a couple, romantic couple, and they're worried their partner is going to run off with somebody else or somebody else is going to steal their partner. So is narcissistic envy really any different than regular envy? Well, to understand this, we have to look at another question first, and that would be, are there different types of envy? Now, one theory says that there are three types. We see neediness, envy, separateness, envy, and then narcissistic envy. And of course, there would be overlap between these different types. So with this one theory, neediness envy is a realization that somebody else has something that we need and do not have. So this type of envy, you wanna take what somebody else has by force 
and in secret. So you don't want people to know that you're taking it. Now with separateness envy, it's a realization that somebody else that you want is not your possession. So this type of envy drives somebody to merge with the object of the envy. So this type of envy really is about getting together, usually with a potential romantic partner and often a partner that has previously rejected you. So this type of envy does not tolerate the freedom of another person to make their own choice. And then, of course, we have narcissistic envy. And this is the realization that one has deficiencies and limitations that do not correspond to the fantasy of exaggerated power. So when we look at the definition of narcissistic personality disorder, I mentioned one of the symptoms is this idea of envy, but also we see a symptom that has fantasies of exaggerated power and success. Now, technically, the criterion reads unlimited power. I substitute in the word exaggerated because in my experience, I've found that that really points toward NPD. Not all fantasies are really unlimited, but either way, fantasies are involved. So we see here that the narcissist is offended that their human existence is finite, transient, and limited, right? So they really want that power. They have that fantasy of power. And with this type of envy, they realize they can't get their fantasy. That's what it really comes down to. Now, I think of narcissistic envy really as regular envy that manifests in the context of narcissism. So I wanted to go through these three types, though, because I do think this is an interesting theory, kind of dividing out envy into categories. But in my experience, I really haven't seen distinct categories merge. So when we take a look at some other research literature, we see that narcissistic envy is sometimes called malignant envy or malicious envy. And we don't really have a large number of firm conclusions in the research literature about narcissism and envy, but we do have a number of theories, some of which are partially supported. So to understand these theories, we have to go back to narcissistic personality disorder for a moment. So again, it's an official mental disorder. And the symptoms of this disorder mostly reflect what we refer to as grandiose narcissism. But of course, there's another type of narcissism as well called vulnerable. So with narcissism in general, we see that somebody's self-centered, they have a sense of entitlement, and they require admiration. With grandiose, we see additional elements like being socially dominant, extroverted, arrogant, and resistant to criticism. And this becomes important later on, this idea that somebody's resistant to criticism. So grandiose narcissism is also called overt. Then we have vulnerable narcissism, which is also called covert. And here we see characteristics like shame, hypersensitivity to criticism, and resentfulness. Now, both types of narcissism do have an association with envy, and a person can have both grandiose and vulnerable traits. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris, and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who have overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection, and interview top thought leaders, game changers, and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover, and how to be brave. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other 
true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence and give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. Now, narcissism really appears on a continuum. So although narcissistic personality disorder is considered pathological, many people who are narcissistic are thought of as having subclinical narcissism. So a level of narcissism that is not necessarily the focus of treatment, that doesn't necessarily qualify them as having a mental disorder. So now moving back to envy. So it may be that there are two distinct expressions of narcissistic envy, one based on grandiose narcissism and one based on vulnerable narcissism. And it also could be that the same type of envy expresses at different rates between these two types of narcissism. And here we see older conceptualizations and some newer conceptualizations. So I'm going to compare kind of the old theory of grandiose and vulnerable narcissism as it compares to envy with the new theory. So the older conceptualization of narcissistic envy, we see that it's strongly associated with grandiose narcissism and weakly associated with vulnerable narcissism. It's viewed as coming from a narcissistic need for superiority. So people with grandiose narcissism tend to be more threatened by upward comparisons. So being compared to someone who is viewed as superior in some way, someone with a higher position in a company, someone who makes more money, somebody who has a more attractive romantic partner, however it's formulated, they would be thought of as superior. Now, the grandiose narcissist may not want to admit that they have the envy because that would be acknowledging inferiority. But either way, there's this idea that the envy is still there and that it's the root of feelings of aggression. Now, again, with this older conceptualization, as we move to vulnerable narcissism, the idea here is that there are feelings of shame and inadequacy, and that shame is self-focused while envy is other-focused. So the vulnerable narcissist experiences shame because they feel like they can't meet desired standards of value. This leads to feeling more inadequate and eventually to a self-perpetuating cycle of shame and rage. So envy, again, under this theory, isn't a large part of vulnerable narcissism because the narcissist gets caught in this shame cycle. So again, this is all part of the older theory. Envy is associated with grandiose narcissism and not really associated with vulnerable. Now moving to the newer theory. This theory notes that the grandiose narcissist has an inflated self-view and, of course, as I mentioned before, they're resistant to criticism. So there aren't really many situations that would come up where a grandiose narcissist would truly believe that other people are better than them. There's no need for envy if you believe you're better than everybody else. However, with the vulnerable narcissist, due to the feelings of inadequacy and low self-esteem that they experience, they would make upward comparisons and perceive other people as being better than themselves. So they do have a perception of inferiority, which is thought to be a key component of envy. Interestingly, this second theory, this newer theory, that vulnerable narcissism really has the association with envy and grandiose really doesn't, this theory is much more strongly supported by the research literature. Findings indicate that individuals with grandiose narcissism are less likely to experience envy as compared to people with vulnerable narcissism. We see the grandiose narcissists are not viewed as being envious by their peers. So other people that know them are looking at them and saying, we don't see any envy. And when people with grandiose narcissism do have feelings of envy, we see that feelings of inferiority, hostility, and resentment do not intensify. So this really runs counter to how we think of envy 
and how it progresses. If a grandiose narcissist is feeling envious and they don't feel inferior, they're not feeling hostile, they're not feeling resentful, then the envy doesn't appear to be the root of hostility in a grandiose narcissist. So that was a really important part of that older theory that does not seem to be supported again in more recent research literature. Now, under the new theory, individuals with vulnerable narcissism are more susceptible to envy. And for them, envy led to a sense of hostility, resentment, and feeling dejected. So they did have an intensification of feelings that could lead to aggression when they had envy. So under this new theory, one could argue that both grandiose and vulnerable narcissists may experience envy, of course, but envy leads to more destructive tendencies in someone who has vulnerable narcissism. The vulnerable narcissist is dependent on making social comparisons to feed their need for admiration. When they encounter somebody who they view as superior in some way, they will view the situation as unjust, but they'll also view that person as possessing something that is out of reach, right? So that's important. It's not just unfair, but there's no remedy available to the vulnerable narcissist. So it's unfair and it's a permanent situation. So the vulnerable narcissist is trapped with these feelings and there's no way to get rid of them. So in a sense, the vulnerable narcissist has chronic envy. Now these findings really speak to the nature of envy as manifested by the narcissist. So it's really talking about the feeling of envy that a narcissist would have. But these findings don't really speak to the idea that the narcissist believes that other people envy them. So here I can only really speculate from my clinical experience but I would guess that with this part of the symptom criterion, this idea that other people envy the narcissist, that the narcissist believes this, I would say that the grandiose narcissist really would believe this. This makes sense because the grandiose narcissist believes that they are great, perfect, and superior. So of course, other people would envy them, right? Again, in their world, that would make sense. And as far as the vulnerable narcissist, I would guess that this type of narcissist really wouldn't tend to believe that other people would envy them. This type of narcissist has low self-esteem. They feel inferior. So why would they believe other people were envious of them? Now it could happen again, right? It could happen with both types of narcissism, but the general tendency I believe would run this way. The grandiose narcissist would tend to believe other people are envious of them and the vulnerable narcissist would not tend to believe this. So with all this in mind, is envy really as destructive as the other narcissistic traits? Well, I think in many ways, it really is. Envy prevents true self-improvement. So it's a negative emotion. It doesn't lead to somebody trying to better themselves. Envy, of course, as we know, can lead to hostility and aggression, something we see often with narcissism. Envy also leads a person to try to put other people down. So the narcissist wants to be above other people. And there are really two ways to get this. The narcissist has to elevate themselves, improve their own position, or they have to destroy another person's position. Again, they have to put somebody else down. So in many ways, envy is as destructive as several of the other narcissistic traits. For more content like this, check out Healthy Toxic, another podcast from Ars Longa Media, all about what makes or breaks relationships, including issues related to narcissism, narcissistic abuse, and how personality disorders affect relationships. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Learn more at ArsLonga.media. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. 
We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.